This is DW News live from Berlin. Tonight, DW News banned in Russia. The Russian Foreign Ministry today gave notice it is shutting down DW's Moscow bureau. The move comes in retaliation for Berlin's decision to ban Russia Today's German language propaganda station. And the United States spells out a possible Russian game plan for attacking Ukraine. The Pentagon says that it has intelligence showing that Moscow may be planning a fabricated propaganda video to justify military action against its neighbor and a major blow to so-called Islamic State. Last night's operation took a major terrorist leader off the battlefield. U.S. President Biden says Islamic State, the leader, blew himself up as U.S. special forces approached during a raid in northwest Syria. I'm Brent Goff. It's good to have you with us. The German government is strongly condemning Moscow's decision to shut down the Russian operations of this network, Deutsche Welle. The Russian foreign ministry ordered the closure of DW's Moscow bureau and is revoking the accreditation of our colleagues there. Now, this is a retaliatory move for the German government's decision to ban German language programming of Russia's state media broadcaster, RT. Earlier, we spoke with our Moscow bureau chief, Yuri Reschetto, and we asked him what the decision means for him and his team logistically and personally. Yeah, that affects correspondents, producers, cameramen, editors, and so on. Um, according to Russian law, they are now no longer allowed to work for Deutsche Welle. And let me say... On a personal note, for me personally and for all people who support our coverage from Russia, this is a big shock. Uh, I've been the bureau chief and correspondent for Deutsche Welle here in Moscow for seven years. And like all my colleagues, I have loved reporting from Russia even more. We all were, are and will stay passionate, uh, passionate fans of Russia. By Russia, I don't necessarily mean Russian politics, but uh, the people of this great country. Um, in my opinion, stories from Russia are always incredibly exciting. And this country is very rich in culture. We have reported on politics, the economy, on sports and on many, many other aspects of people's lives here. And of course, Deutsche Welle will continue to report on Russia in uh, 30 different languages on television, on social media and online. There is no doubt that the country plays a very important role in the world and trying hard to understand it is, it remains extremely important, especially in these difficult times. There is Yuri Reschetto there, our Moscow bureau chief. The German government is calling Moscow's move unacceptable. DW's Director General Peter Lindbergh said in a statement that the network is being used as a pawn. Oh, we had been expecting some measures by the Russian side, but I think this uh, is a total overreacting uh, from the Russian government because uh, um, it, they're closing the bureau, they, they want us not to, to broadcast anything anymore in Russia. And I think uh, also that our correspondents must leave. Um, obviously, uh, Russia is something which is uh, a really overreaction. And uh, it's not even a tit-for-tat measure if you want, want to see it like this, because first of all, you can't compare uh, RT German with the Deutsche Welle. I mean, we are a public service broadcaster. 
and not a state government uh, broadcaster. And on the other hand, we have to see that uh, Russian journalists uh, will continue to work freely in Germany and can broadcast whatever they want. So, um, and this is not the case with our colleagues. So it's really um, disappointing to see this, how the Russian government is reacting. And what will happen next? Is there anything that you can do? Uh, we will take legal steps uh, and uh, try to, to see whether these uh, measures are legal, even from Russian standards. Uh, but this is something which we will have to discuss uh, in the coming, coming hours. But I think legal steps is something we will take. Um, and then we will um, discuss this also, obviously, with, the, with our institutions here in Germany. Yeah. You know, we have so many dedicated, hardworking staff uh, working for years in Russia. Have you heard from them? Have you been in touch with them? How are they feeling about this decision? Well, obviously, they're also shocked by the, by the measures because uh, everybody was expecting that there might be coming something. Uh, and this is also what the foreign ministry in, in Moscow yesterday announced, that there will be some kind of reaction. Um, but uh, I think for people who really love to work in Russia and they love the German, they love the Russian uh, culture, they, they are really into, into uh, reporting from this, this beautiful and so interesting country. It's hard to accept that they have to stop one day uh, to the other. And so I think they are shocked. And uh, yes, it is something which is, which is also sad uh, for a journalist to leave the country uh, on short notice. And in terms of press freedom, of course, the press has been under attack for some time in Russia. But uh, what does this signal to you now? Well, the press freedom in Russia is, is, is minimal. I mean, there, there are some independent outlets, but they're struggling. And this is another sign that Russia is not interested in, uh, and the Russian government is not interested in press freedom and freedom of opinion. But I can only say, um, even if we have to leave the country, we will... I, intensify reporting on the country. So I think this must be also clear to the Russian side that we will not just ignore what's happening in Russia, we will report and we will do more and more. DW Director General Peter Limburg, thank you very much. Thanks You're for welcome, your reaction. Well, this decision from Moscow comes as German Chancellor Olaf Scholz prepares a trip to Russia's capital for talks on Ukraine. Schultz calling the buildup of Russian troops on Ukraine's border very serious and said that any invasion would come with serious consequences. The German chancellor has been under pressure from other NATO members to take a harder line on Russia. I spoke earlier to DW's political correspondent Simon Young and asked him what leverage Chancellor Schultz will have during this trip. Well, I think the main thing is uh, what we've talked about again and again. It's this Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline. It's very important for both uh, Russia and uh, for Germany. Uh, Russia wants to sell uh, more gas uh, through that pipeline uh, into Europe. Uh, and, uh, of course, any potential decision that's being talked about to stop that going ahead would uh, have economic consequences uh, for Russia. So there is some leverage there. At the same time, of course, the Kremlin knows uh, that uh, Germany uh, is very reliant on uh, energy imports, particularly on Russian gas. Uh, and so uh, it's a tough call for Olaf Scholz uh, to say that he's ready to uh, just pull the plug on that, as it were. Uh, but that's what he said. All options are on the table uh, if there were military aggression uh, by Russia against Ukraine, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, you know, they would definitely look at uh, taking that measure and stopping that, uh, that gas 
flow. That was Simon Young reporting there. The U.S. says that it has evidence of Russian plans to stage a fake attack on its own territory as a pretext for invading Ukraine. Tension between Russia and the West escalated after Russia began massing troops along its border with Ukraine, sparking fears of an invasion. The U.S. and some NATO allies have sent equipment to Ukraine and troops to Eastern Europe in response. Now, officials did not provide detailed information backing up the claim. Here's what Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby said about Russia's alleged false flag plan. You know, we've discussed this idea of false flags by the Russians before. We've made no secret of that. Um, uh, and we do have information uh, that it is that, that, that the Russians are likely to want to fabricate a pretext uh, for an invasion, um, which, again, is right out of their playbook. Uh, one option uh, is uh, the Russian government, uh, we, we think, is planning to stage a fake attack uh, by Ukrainian military or intelligence forces against Russian sovereign territory. All right, let's go to our very own Oliver Salad in Washington. Good afternoon to you, Oliver. So how reliable is this information or this allegation of a false flag attack? Well, yeah, Brent. First of all, uh, the Pentagon is quoting intelligence, and it says, and you just heard the spokesperson, John Kirby, uh, speak, it says it has evidence of a plan. And so that's really important when we talk about this now, that we point that out, that this uh, plan uh, doesn't exist yet. However, the Pentagon does believe there is something in the making. And the strategy coming out right now with that information is to discredit the authenticity of a potential video that uh, the Pentagon is talking about. Um, before it even exists. And that's very important because this conflict is shaped by misinformation, by wrong allegations, and the U.S. government feels it's important to act swiftly to share that intelligence with the public so it won't stir up any chaos uh, in case it, it plays out how they predict and how they believe it could uh, play out. With regards uh, to the question how uh, that would change the U.S. position, um, th that is very unlikely because the U.S. has warned uh, time and time again that they believe an attack is imminent. Uh, they just changed their wording. Uh, they don't use that word imminent anymore. But, of course, uh, Russia, they warned that Russia uh, would create a reason to justify an attack. And such a video that uh, they've been talking about would be just what the U.S. foresaw. And under these circumstances, of course, the Kremlin will have to think twice about this plan if it exists, of course. DW's Oliver Salat with the latest from Washington. Oliver, as always, thank you. Here's a roundup now of some of the other stories that are making headlines this hour. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has lost four more key aides as his popularity plummets over Partygate. Johnson's chief of staff, private secretary and communications director have all resigned. And policy unit chief Munira Mirza quit over Johnson's controversial comments on Monday attacking opposition labor leader Keir Starmer. The World Health Organization has said that Europe may be entering the end of the coronavirus pandemic. The organization's Europe director says that high vaccination rates, the milder Omicron variant, and the end of winter mean Europe is set for, and I'm quoting here, a period of tranquility. Several European countries have begun lifting restrictions put in place as Omicron case numbers began to surge. The Economic Community of West African States has asked the junta that seized power in Burkina Faso last week to propose an election timetable. The group held an emergency summit in Ghana's capital, Accra, 
to discuss measures against Burkina Faso, as well as what the group called a dangerous trend of military power grabs in the region. The United States says that it has removed a global terror threat in a targeted raid in Syria. U.S. President Biden announced that an overnight attack by U.S. Special Forces resulted in the death of Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Karashi. He's the leader, or was the leader, of so-called Islamic State. The news comes amid growing concerns that IS may be trying to regroup in the region. A collapsed roof and a dead terrorist leader. The result of a U.S. Special Forces raid in the pre-dawn hours on Thursday morning in a Syrian village near the Turkish border. Abu Ibrahim al-Hashemi al-Karashi reportedly blew himself up as about two dozen troops, backed by air support, moved in on a house he was in. Karashi was considered the head of so-called Islamic State. He took over the terrorist group when his predecessor died much the same way in 2019. U.S. President Joe Biden told reporters after the raid that the group, while smaller than a few years ago, is still dangerous. He referred to Karashi by his other name, Haj Abdullah. ISIS has directed terrorist operations targeting Americans, our allies and our partners, and countless civilians in the Middle East, Africa, and in South Asia. Haji Abdullah oversaw the spread of ISIS-affiliated terrorist groups around the world after savaging communities and murdering innocents. U.S. officials say the operation Biden ordered took weeks to plan. It happened amid growing concerns that IS may be trying to regroup. In January, IS attacked a prison in northeast Syria in an effort to free its fighters held there. It took days for U.S.-backed Kurdish forces to retake the prison, killing hundreds in the process. No Americans were harmed in the overnight raid on Al-Karashi's home, despite an exchange of gunfire and one helicopter making a forced landing due to mechanical issues. At least 13 other people, including other fighters, women and children, were killed as well. U.S. officials attribute the deaths to Al-Karashi's own bomb. They said they chose to risk putting boots on the ground rather than an airstrike to avoid civilian casualties. The U.S. military has been under pressure to review its targeted strikes, some of which have killed more civilians than initially reported. You're watching DW News. Business is up next with Stephen Beersley. Stick around. He will be right back. <laughs>